You're listening to the Tools for the Modern Man podcast. If you're looking for the tools to deal with the challenges of this ever-changing modern world, you're in the right place. Now let's get it going. Welcome to the Tools for the Modern Man podcast. I'm your host, Pete Beskis, and today I'm going to go over what men want. Uh, I was part of a Instagram Live last week where one of the coaches interviewed me about kind of what do men want? It was for her group. Um, you know, she's a women's coach in the relationships and everything else. Um, and it was interesting because, you know, I've done what, 35, 36 episodes. And I really haven't touched into what our driving motivations are as men. You know, I think that is a tool for the modern man. It's really important to know what drives us, what moves us, what is it that we're really looking for in those different areas of our life, whether it's work, relationships, self-care, all of these things have underlying motivations and these underlying desires that even though we can try to fight them, most of the times we lose out. So I wanted to come to you today and discuss them, highlight them, talk about them a little bit, and hopefully you get some more insights and a little bit more awareness around some of the decisions you make because of what you now know will be your motivations. So this is kind of based off of three psychological needs that men need. Um, I pulled this information from various books. Um, Jim Gray, who wrote the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. That one, he's um, highlights the different psychological needs between the two sexes. Um, and what men really want fundamentally is to meet these three psychological needs. If you can meet these three needs, by and large, you're quite happy. And the first one is needing to belong to a group. So a sense of belonging. And what that means is that you're accepted, that you are accepted for who you are. And so being part of a group, you know, this is why you see gangs, like little boys who run around the playground. I watch that with my son when I go drop him off at school and I see him and all his little buddies, you know, form a group, gang up and go off, right? And I think you see that in sports, why men love being part of a team. Um, you see that with the way that even the military has structured itself over you know thousands of years. It's cohorts, it's boat crews, it's you know a group of men working together to accomplish something. And I think that is something that we need. And when we move away from that, and I think in our society today, which is why it's really important to bring this up, we've become more and more isolated. So men in general, and I found this with myself and I found this with my friends, is that as we get married, as we have kids, as we get older, we actually pull back from our groups, the groups that we had when we were younger. And that is one of our needs. And if we don't recognize that, and if we don't go and actively seek out groups to be in, we are going to set ourselves in a, in a position where we're suffering. We need community. Even if it's not, you know, maybe you're just more of an introvert. Maybe you don't need as many people. Maybe you are a loner who likes to be up in the wilderness all by yourself, but you still have to have a sense of belonging. Where do you fit in to this world? Number two is confidence in yourself. And this, you know, I think this is a really critical one for men. It's that I'm good at something. I have pride in something. Uh, you know, I think it's funny, right? Because I think we all have one. Every single one of us, if you were to ask us, what's one thing you take a lot of pride in? And 
for me, it's I take a lot of pride in cooking. I'm a great cook. I grew up in a restaurant. I have been cooking since I was like 10 years old. Um, I love my my chef knives. I love sharpening them. I love keeping them the edge fine on them. I love looking up new recipes. I love surprising people, particularly my wife, or breaking restaurants, as we call it in my house, where I make something at home and she's like, I can never eat this in a restaurant ever again. Like for me, that that gives me such an immense sense of pride. And that's what we need. As men, we need to have things that we're really, really good at and that we know we're really good at. That's where our confidence comes from. That's where our self-esteem comes from. That's a lot of times where our identity comes from. It's the things that we're good at. What's interesting about the confidence in ourselves and what we're good at, and I saw this and I still see it in how we identify. Most men identify by the jobs they do. And you know, you ask a person, so what's your name? It's the first question you ask someone when you meet them. And the next one, usually for men, is what do you do? And we identify so much with what we do and doing a good job at it that a lot of times we sacrifice a lot of the other things in our life because there isn't that feedback loop that validates us. So if you're having struggles at home, a lot of what you'll see for men is a pull away into your work. And there's a reason why men are workaholics. Because they're good at it. And it's, and it's a feedback loop. When you're good at work, you get accolades. When you're good at work, you get bonuses or raises. Or you can find different jobs and you can promote. And you can see what you're building. That is so much harder for most of us to do at home. With our spouses, with our kids. Like Anybody who has spent any time being a stay-at-home parent knows that there is no reward for raising children except for the intrinsic reward, the award that you give yourself. But rarely does your kid come up and say, hey, you did a great job. Here's a raise. Here's a bonus. Here's a night off, dad. I'm going to, I'll make you some steak tonight. In fact, it's the opposite. Like I went to go pick up my kids the other day and I didn't do anything. I show up to work. I'm, I show up to the school grounds. I'm feeling great. My son looks at me, he goes, you're the worst dad in the world. I, and I was just like, all right. You know, and you have to have resilience against that. You have to be able to fill your cup, they say. You know, you have to be able to validate yourself. And that's hard to do. That's something we're not taught. We're not taught to validate ourselves. We're taught throughout our lives as children, as young adults, as, you know, when we're around that other people, like we have to have integrity, we have to show up, and the rewards will come. So this one's so critical because when a man loses confidence in themselves, you'll see it. You'll see it across the board. And this is a fundamental psychological need, just like being part of a group. And if you take a man out of a group, it's not healthy for them. Same thing if you take us out, if you remove our confidence. When our confidence is shaken, it is really hard to bring it back up. And, you know, I think that from maybe the women's point of view, what do they always say is the most attractive quality in a man? It's confidence. A confident man can be butt ugly. He can be 500 pounds, but if he's confident and maybe rich, uh, you know, he doesn't have a problem. But confidence is so critically important and doing the things that, you know, validating yourself to do the things that you do well and not being afraid to go and try things. 
just because you're not good at them or you're not getting instant feedback from them. Again, being part of a group and building your confidence, those are two key points. One of the things I learned from being part by re-engaging and being parts of groups as I got older, and I know it is harder as you get older to make friends, to be parts of groups, but you know, that's a challenge and suck it up buttercup and go do it. Because one of the things I realized is that I'm picking up new skills, new points of view, and improving my confidence in areas that I wasn't confident in before. And that's huge because now I'm creating, I think, a better baseline of confidence in many different things. I feel more confident and I have more pride in my abilities in so many different areas of my life now than I did five years ago or 10 years ago. And that's because I'm pushing myself. I'm growing. I'm expanding. I'm learning new things. It's hard. But the confidence that I get from it can't be shattered by being laid off. It can't be shattered by, you know, something happening to me where I can't do anything ever again. I'm not caught up now in a a singular identity of what I'm good at. I'm good at a lot of things. And I love that. I would love that to think to, you know, challenge you right now to think about what are all the things that you're good at? And are you okay with just that? Or do you want to get better? Do you want to excel? Do you want the next 10 years to be better than the last 10 years? And this is where you have to push yourself. And this is one of your psychological needs. So if you're not confident in your skills and things are only going to deteriorate, well, now's the time to catch the next gear. Now's the time to learn something new, build some other confidence, stabilize your foundation. (laughs) So this brings us to the third one. The third one is kind of, I think, it's funny because it kind of goes against the other ones. It's freedom. We want, all men want to have a sense of autonomy. We want to feel like the master of our domain. We want freedom. And what's interesting is that it kind of pulls against being part of a group. Um, doesn't necessarily pull against being confident and being really, um, you know, um, having confidence in your skills or being appreciated for your skills. It's about freedom. It's about that ability that you get to choose your own destiny. And you at any point in time are choosing your life. This is where I think the ultimately the midlife crisis comes from. It's that you feel life is coming, coming up going over your head and drowning you, or you feel trapped, you feel backed into a corner, that everything around you is an obligation. Everything around you is forced. And when a man feels like he has his back against the wall, when I feel like I have my back against the wall, I go into fight or flight. And most most of us will kind of go into fight. We'll always lash out. You know, we'll lash out verbally. We'll lash out physically. We'll lash out with our habits. We'll, you'll see it happening in kind of self-destructive behavior so what we're trying to do is escape but what we end up doing is tearing down everything that we built so when we don't feel autonomy when we don't feel like we have the freedom to make our own choices we will engage in self-destructive behavior i will engage in it you will engage in it right and self-destructive behavior doesn't have to be your stereotypical, you know, drinking, drugs, hitting, you know, high speed chases. It can just be disconnected. 
it could just be sulking. It could be resentment, right? It could be checking out. And that is also self-descriptive. When you check out of your life, you're going to let two, three, four years go by and you're not actually, if you're not actually growing, if you're not actually engaged in your life, well, then you're pretty much just sacrificing those years to death. Um, the Stoics, I love Stoicism, and the Stoics say that you're not moving towards death. You're dying a little every day. And so that time that you have, that opportunity that you have, that's now. And if you're not feeling freedom, then you are just basically going to be sacrificing those years to that place where you feel like you're out of that you're in prison so you're creating a prison of your own making where you're sacrificing your years what's interesting about freedom and autonomy it's self-fabricated it's just a thought it's just an idea in our head um there's a great book by victor frankel the man's search for meaning and it is like a quintessential you know thought thought um psychology you know <laughs> um book and it tells the story of Viktor Frankl, who was a psychologist who went, who a psychiatrist who went, to, um, who was in the Auschwitz camps during World War II, the death camps. And his experience through there, he then later turned into the branch of therapy known as cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. And it all revolves around the idea of your brain is what creates your thoughts or what create your environment. And so just like with freedom, we work, we go to our job, we get married, we have kids, we do all the things. And then at some point in time, something changes in our minds. The environment hasn't changed. The people are still there. The job is still there. These are all things that we created. We all constructed them. We all put the, laid them in. And yet we feel trapped by them because of the way that we're thinking about it. We're thinking that we don't have a choice in the matter. We're thinking that everything that we're doing has to be done and has to be done by us. And I think that, you know, that kind of weaves in those different, that's why I'm saying freedom is one of the weirdest of the psychological needs for us because it conflicts with all of everything else that we built. So if we, if we wrap this together, the need to belong to a group is one of our needs. The need to feel confident in a skill in ourselves is another need. We take a lot of pride in that. So when we create a group, let's say our core family, and when we take pride in our skill, our job, our work, right? we put so much emphasis on those two and we neglect the freedom. We neglect the choices that we make. We neglect that fact that we're choosing this life. And then we become resentful and angry and feeling of trapped. All of the things that we created, the, you know, the house that we built becomes our prison. And this is something you have to be critically mindful of, is that one of your psychological needs is freedom. It doesn't mean that you don't love your family. It doesn't mean that you don't love your job. It doesn't mean that you're not, you know, that you have to take everything for, that you just have to quit everything and go do something new. It just means you have to be mindful of it. And these three things need to be balanced. When they're out of balance, you're out of balance. But now that you know that part of living a happy life, happy, successful life for you 
as a man is to meet these three psychological needs. So what do men want? They want to be part of a group. They need a sense of belonging. They need to feel confident in themselves and a skill. We need that. And we need freedom. We need the autonomy. We need to choose. So think about that this week. Think about all the areas of your life where you're meeting these needs or maybe you're not meeting these needs. Where are the gaps? How can you fill those gaps? So with that, if you guys uh, I love it, if you could share the, if you love this message, share this message because I think more and more people need to hear this. Share it with your wives, share it with your sisters, your mothers, your fathers. Share it because I think that we don't identify these needs enough. We're too quiet and we suffer because of it. So hope you guys all have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tools for the Modern Man and I will see y'all soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Tools for the Modern Man podcast. If you like what you heard today, drop me a review on iTunes or share it with a friend. And if you want to learn more about working with me, you can always look me up at www.petebeskis.com. Thanks and see you all next week.